Welcome to Business Mentorship Keeping It Real, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who participate in our guest blog found on ShareYourStories.online. Our guest is Tree Ride, a human behavior expert certified in hypnosis and NLP, who is also a yoga and meditation instructor. And we're going to discuss how Tree helps people and businesses get out of old, unwanted patterns and step into a new way of looking at life. And Tree joins us from Burlington, Ontario. Welcome. Hi. Well, hi. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. Well, I know that you're at your office, so you'll have to give our viewing and listening audience a little bit of a background because, you know, I did get a few comments from our audience and they were like, hypnosis. Ooh. I don't know whether I'd be really comfortable with that. So maybe you can give us a little bit of an indication as to what does hypnosis look like when you're trying to change patterns of behavior? Yeah, it's it's interesting. People, uh, we get that reaction a lot. I'm right? sure. <laughs> and, but the truth is, is that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis and that we are all actually in our own hypnotic trance when you think about it, right? Like a, an example of a hypnosis-like state is if you're watching a TV show or a movie and you laugh when it's funny or you cry when it's sad, you're responding to emotional suggestion, right? You don't have to mentally tell your brain, oh, I should laugh at that or oh i should cry that is so even when you're brushing your teeth you're physically doing something but your mind is probably thinking other things ah, that's a really interesting way of looking mm -hmm. at it because i think maybe it takes a little bit of the fear out of the experience right fear mm -hmm. out of the unknown i mean i i think i had seen a social media post from a gal um, in my Instagram feed who had said, you know, oh yes, I went to this event and I there was a, hip, a hypnosis there, you know, a part of the prog program was a hypnotist. And so I volunteered and I was really afraid, you know, I was gonna be up there barking like a dog or doing, you know, whatever. <laughs> so it's actually not that at all. So you're what you're saying is you just actually get people in tune with their own emotions and their own behavior in order to change mm -hmm. a pattern, right? You got it. Yeah. And, and it's very important too for people to learn how to relax their, their themselves, their mind, their body, their heart, spirit, even if people right. believe in that. Yeah. Um, and because the more that people are more in succinct in those pillars, the easier it is to make change. Uh, yeah, that's so true, right? You have to make that connection because, and I guess a willingness to change too, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're not really interested in making a change, your body's not going to allow you to change those old patterns that we have of behavior. Yeah, you got it. And even anyone that wants to come into the clinic for change, we always do a free screening to see if they're one, either or a candidate for our program and willing to level kind of with what really is going on. Sometimes people, you know, come in and they're like, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. And it's like, well, no, it's actually this over here and, and you're okay. And right. so yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a commitment there, right? And it's a symbiotic commitment, I think. Trust with you as the person who's going to guide them. And then, you know, conversely, you have to have trust in the client that they're going to allow you to be open and honest with their experiences, right? Yeah, and, and to really be open and honest with themselves as well. Sure. Right? We yeah, could all create, create our own perceptions of th certain things. And we've yeah. all had the experience of creating a perception uh, around something and it actually wasn't true of like what that. was actually yeah. going on. Yeah, we yeah, can make exactly. all kinds of things in our head. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Now, I, I mean, tell us a little bit about the journey as to how you decided to pursue this as a career because, you know, 
I'm sure that you just didn't wake up one morning and say that you, you know, you were going to get into this particular <laughs> field of experience. So, you know, what's the background? What's the story behind the story? How did you become involved in even, you know, moving into this area of expertise? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. Yeah, I didn't just jump up one morning. I want to be a hypnotist. No. I want to be a hypnotist. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I actually um, um, been working in marketing for probably about two decades. And one of the people that I ended up doing marketing for was the owner of the of the Burlington Hypnosis Center at that time. And so I was looking at all of her content collateral and I was teaching yoga at the time as well. So when I was teaching yoga, people were still in their heads. So they get into the postures or, you know, people will roll up their mat just before Shavasana and just like get run out of the, <laughs> that right. I'm done. Yeah. 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 And, um, so I thought, wow, this would be really cool to learn that, to really help people learn how to turn their mind off as they're surrendering into each posture or, you know, letting go of whatever they need to let go of during the day. So, so yeah, so I started training for hypnosis, NLP. Um, and then from there, just did all the other like master prac training, all that stuff. So over the years, and then I started working at the Burlington Hypnosis Center just part time. So instead of um, I transitioned from, uh, I still did some, some yoga, but um, I went more into uh the hypnosis and which I just, I genuinely love all humans. Like I just, and human betterment and, you know, you and I, we met in person, you got that vibe too. And anyone that's met me, it's that vibe. Mm -hmm. And, and just, I, I get so excited for every human. And so to be able to help them even more along their journey of what they want. Um, so that's what really got me into that. And now I've, I've, I bought the clinic off of um, Robbie, which is pretty much my business partner. She has the school here. So we have a school and it's just, it's so awesome to see the amount of people changing. It's amazing. You know, what a really wonderful story because she actually was a mentor, obviously, to you to open mm -hmm. your eyes into the opportunities and then how along the journey now you're taking taken over sort of more of a leadership role within the organization. And obviously, you still continue to have this symbiotic relationship with her. So what is it like to have, you know, someone that you obviously admired, you admired the work that she was doing, it gave you some insight into something that you'd like to start for your own career? What's that like to work together now? Because clearly, that's been a few years down the road. Yeah, it's actually amazing. And we actually role model for other students and other businesses uh, because it's important to have so much respect for one another mm -hmm. and like open communication. So, and it's interesting because when we first met, like we were actually quite opposite and, but we have so much respect for the value that we both bring um, to everything. So anybody that has ever uh, mentored under Robbie, she has tons of, she mentors tons of people. Um, there's tons of other uh, hypnosis clinics that she's helped open up all across Canada, actually. Um, yeah, we have, I think the only province we don't have one in yet is Newfoundland, but I could be wrong. There could be one there. But, um, <laughs> Someone just, could be listening to us and thinking, you know, yeah, oh, I have to reach out. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, because it is so rewarding and people sure. are seeing the change in themselves. And that is part of the process as well, is that if somebody wants to go through the program, whether they're training uh, with Robbie or they're coming here as a, as a client, that there is that human change within themselves that has to happen.
-hmm. You know, I would think that that's something that is a, a byproduct of being curious, right? Because, you know, if you're not curious and you're not, you don't show a level of interest, then even though you're, you're getting all the certifications and the education and you're putting in the work in order to become a professional practitioner in your field, there's got to be some internal changes that happen along the way, I would think. If you could share something with our viewing and listening audience that say in you know, the, the last five years, what would you say has been the biggest change in you yourself as a practitioner in both NLP and hypnosis? Uh, yeah, so the biggest change in me is the amount of things that I can get done in a day. Ah. Yeah, like it is, it is pretty like insane. I like, even my husband is just like, holy cow. And, and I don't even feel stressed. I don't feel, um, like pressure. I don't feel, but it's just like this organic thing. This, it's like this rhythm that goes along with what eventually later on, when we get to those three words, I'm going to teach you, um, how to, how to do that too, because it, it's, we are here as humans from cradle to grave. And it's really about us having that beautiful human experience. So even when I say like I get so much done in a day, a lot of it is, hey, I, I'm into kickboxing, so I do that. Um, I have a couple of businesses, so I do that. And I'm involved with BNI. I'm involved with you and your great causes of what you're doing. And and I love all of it. And it's just this whole like kind of rhythmic thing that happens. So I'd say that would be the biggest change in me. You know what I love about that tree is that you're sharing with us that as humans, there's a process of evolution that we go to from cradle to grave, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if we're all here for a purpose and we all talk about core values in our businesses and what they mean and how we are able to evolve from a great business idea to down the road of being able to serve our communities and maybe make global contributions depending on what it is that we do. But so change is part of that transformation, right? Change happens regardless. So we can either choose the change right. and, and choose it on a daily basis, or you can just stay like Groundhog Day almost. And right. all of a sudden, you'll, you people, I've, I've had some clients that came to me to help with, because they just, you know, assumed that it was always going to stay the same. And yeah. it's like, well, and then they're shocked when it's like, well, <laughs> all of us, yeah. Even, you know, I, I poke fun, like my daddy still doesn't believe that there's internet, but yet he calls me and just thinks I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way I can know everything. <laughs> I love the fact that, um, you know, as people, when you have, when you're serving your community and the clients that come in to you, I mean, one of the things that you mentioned is you and I had an opportunity to meet. We actually don't physically, geographically live that far away. So, um, we certainly reached out to one another after we shared your story in the guest blog so that we could see if there was a connection on how we can collaborate. Yeah. But give me a little bit of an insight into collaboration because you've mentioned you belong to BNI. You've mentioned that, you know, you help other folks uh, basically across the country with making sure that their practices are robust and that they're being able to fulfill their mission in their communities. So give me a little bit of insight into the, the whole word of collaboration and what that means for you, because clearly with the various disciplines that you have in terms of an education background, you're bringing more to the table than just, you know, come into the clinic, we'll do a session and once you're gone, you're gone. You're clearly collaborating with various different people in your community. So how does that strengthen your business? Well, it, it's 
it's almost like I, I somebody described it to me. We had this um uh Robbie put together this awesome Christmas party for all of like the hypnotists and everything like that. And so I'm gonna uh repeat sort of what people were telling me about what they thought the community and a lot of them really said this word love like and i think when i use the word love i use it more openly i use it as an energy word i use it as um all of us as human beings we are born out of that energy so when we talk about community i really get a sense that it's it's more about just humanity it doesn't matter what like if it's a cause and it's a good cause awesome right mm -hmm. if it's like the the bni group that i'm in all of the people in the group they're absolutely amazing and they, we're all kind of in the same energy of support supporting each other whatever it is so it right. so community is support as well love support um uh respect right not not every single day can people be on or can people be you know and so it, it's it's knowing that you're not judging the person when they're in sort of a little bit of a lower um vibration mm -hmm. but you're like oh hey what what do you feel like you need right now you know right. so mm -hmm. instead of instead of walking away and being like oh well whatever where a lot of people can get into their head thinking that it's about them or you know so it's this higher level sort of vibration if you will for lack of a better word that we're all trying to transcend to when it comes to community so that the words getting out there this universal shift is 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 happening and people are feeling it and people are stepping into it more and feeling more motivated to step into who they need to be um for community so I think that answered your question. Yeah, that's it. That's really, yeah, I really love the way that you've tied in words that are more than just an emotion. So they're almost like a lifestyle, you know, like you have yes. to, you have to have a, um, a platform of openness um, in order to expand into the community and really make those heartfelt connections with people. Have you found in the last little while, so we'll say we've all been going through some really difficult times. I mean, irregardless of the businesses that we're in, have you found that the people that you're serving are struggling with the concept of connecting with other humans? Because I mean, we know that social platforms are wonderful and we have an opportunity to connect through various different ways globally, really, which I think is really rather tremendous, but we still need the human connection, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. have you found that people are looking for more of, um, a one-to-one face-to-face human connection or do you feel that the platforms that we have all become very familiar with are support that sort of one-to-one -one communication well i think it depends it's interesting and that's a good question um thanks for asking that because this is a big theme that's come across people coming in here mm -hmm. um so there's a, a couple i'm going to answer this in a couple of different ways so it's very, um, it's a different answer for each age demographic. So if you were to ask me that specifically on say yours and my age demographic, we grew up in a time where there was no internet. You had to, you know, if you wanted to go to a different town or the mall, you had to figure out the bus route. You had to walk over to your friend's house, knock on the door, see if they're home. Right. right. There was like, you know, if there was siblings, there was one shared phone. 
right? right. And that was it. Like it was, right. you know, and that phone was stuck to a wall, stuck to a cord, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's that skill set of being able to, like, if you wanted to play, you played outside. Mm -hmm. When you played outside, you were um, confronted with conflict, right? Mm -hmm. So, so our age demographic, we learned solution based, we learned conflict solutions, right? Mm -hmm. We learned that if people got mad, you just made up the next day, right? right. right. Whereas with the, with this newer generation with technology, people are ghosting each other. So there's no resolve. There's just um, an ongoing lengthy uh, sense of conflict. Anger well anger and resentment for the the feeling that ends up in the body right. and that also ends up in um more dialogue in the mind that doesn't have to be there that the nervous system begins to feel that that is true so whatever the person's making up if they think somebody's angry at them and the brain actually sorts by distinction and our natural state of human that ability to sort by distinction is only am i safe am i not so now if you put social media, right, am I safe, am I not, if people are judging, right, am I, am I pretty enough, am I, how does this family, you know, somebody that's posting something on, on Facebook, and then you're judging, is that, how does that compare to how I'm living my life? Wow. And yeah, and that's just, am I safe, or am I not, but now in society, it, it's completely, um, it's not a great thing. So, so many people are ending up in stress and overwhelm and not, not understanding uh, the emotions that they're in or how the emotions are causing extra dialogue that's not um, getting them to their goals, that it's kind of like holding them stagnant because of just the way. So when people come in and they're in that situation, so I have a lot of clients in that the newer age demographic, um, I would say from 17 to 35 roundabout, that it's like they're learning how to manage things when it comes to social media. So social media is great when you want to motivate yourself. You just follow the people that, yeah, I want to be more like this. And you're you're modeling certain behaviors. It's great for that. It's great for um, this, right? Facebook Live and information. Um, but if, if people are following or um, utilizing it in not the right way to get to where they want to go in life. Sure. And yeah, so it's recalibrating that, I think. You know, I love that reference to, you know, when you said the stories that we tell ourselves, you know, I, I used to, to say, you know, it's like you play this movie over and over in your mm -hmm. mind, um, especially to your point about conflict resolution, because you're right, you know, when we were kids and you, you got into some sort of a, you know, situation with your friend, you, you sort of worked it out. And in, in the next day you got back together and you either talked about it or in some way there was some sort of resolution. So I really appreciate your reference to the fact that we need to be able to resolve the things that we're uncomfortable with yes. because without the resolution, you continue to be uncomfortable and that may mm -hmm. manifest itself into other things. So I think that's a really wonderful tip for our viewing and listening audience is, you know, coming to a resolution after conflict is healthy. Yes. And, and it's and how we navigate that. And that, in, in person is best. Yeah. Right. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. In yeah. person is absolutely best because right. they're, you can hug the person, you can right. connect back with the person. So even if it's, if it's online, you want to call, you want to FaceTime sure. it messaging, like just text messaging or email. Um, it's the, the least form of communication that we should be 
interacting with humans with. Well, sure. We want to see the facial expressions, right? We, we want to see the yeah. body language. We want to know that we're making a connection, that our words are getting through, because mm -hmm. I think that's really, we only have our words really to communicate. And then the emotions mm -hmm. that support the words are something we can demonstrate. But those two things are really different, right? The communication of words and the demonstration of feelings are two totally different spheres. Two to yeah, and even the vibration of voice, the tone of voice. So, and also, like you said, the facial expressions, the the, the body mannerisms. Sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's they're all important, right? To making a connection. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that leads us really wonderful into the three words of advice. So we ask each of the folks who participate in our guest blog to share three words of advice with other folks who are in leadership roles or even trying to navigate life. And yours are chase, options, and experience. So wrap up our conversation with sharing with our viewing and listening mm -hmm. audience why those three words are important to you. Yeah. So if we're not chasing something, then we're stuck in our stories, right? Oh, if I love that. Yeah. If we're not, if we're not chasing what we want, mm -hmm. then we're stuck in our stories. We're stuck at looking at our past. We're stuck in old emotions and, pa and emotions from past, right? Which is unuseful. Hey, you've already lived it. So why, why not chase something new that makes you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. The second one is options. So if we're chasing something, we need options. If we don't have options, then we can get bored of the chase. We can um, get frustrated thinking that there's only one option, right? Mm -hmm. So options are are definitely what we need us as humans. We like diversity. We like change. Um, it's not a natural thing, though, in humans for change. So the more options that you have, it makes the change easier, yeah. right? So the options could be even like the stepping stones or the pathway. Right. And, and then... The last one's experience. So if we if we're staying like us as humans, we can't unexperience things. So if we're not choosing to chase, if we're not giving ourselves options, um, you need to have the experiences that take you to where you want to go. Otherwise, you're regurgitating old experiences through the old stories. So the more that you're you're having new experiences in the direction of where you want to go in life, the easier it is just to be there, just to be going forward. And all of the old things that you want to get rid of is further away. Oh, that's really wonderful advice. And I love the way that you've been able to give us three really key words to help us make change and maybe feel a little bit more comfortable with the uncomfortable, because as you say, nobody wants change really. I mean, but if we take control of our options and make the change in a positive way, then it can only lead us closer to our goals and what we're really trying to achieve in life. So I think that's really wonderful advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I think that we'll have to have you back in a few months, uh, Tree, so that we can talk about how to maybe practically apply some of the things and maybe we'll get some uh, some of the viewing and listening audience comments to our discussion that we'll share just so that there's uh, some symbiotic sort of connections between the, the wonderful things that you've given us to think about for, for navigating change. So thank you so much. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah. So thank you to, for joining us today for this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduce you to the person behind the logo. If you'd like to connect with our guest, you'll find Tree's contact information in the description portion below. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online. And for other inspirational stories, subscribe to our channel, Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real. 
Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.